Hi, this is Mario Andretti. Mark Blundell. Mark Priestley. Claire Cottingham. Ben Edwards. Jamie Chadwick. Mark Gallagher. Freddie Hunt. Bobby Eaton. Craig Scarborough. Alex Brundle. You're listening to... And you're listening to... You're listening to... Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1. Everything F1 podcast. Driven. Driven. Driven, driven by fans. For fans. Hello and welcome to the Everything F1 podcast with me, James Tiller, and alongside me today from the Everything F1 team, we do have Coops. Hi, Coops. How are you? Yeah, I'm all right. Ever so slightly warm. It's rather closely up here on the west coast of Scotland. But yeah, I'm good. Can't complain. Yeah, it's been a nice day weather-wise down here as well in, in the Garden of England, Kent. Yeah, so very nice indeed. I'm glad you've enjoyed the day. Now, we've had the Spanish Grand Prix today. What did you think? Give us a kind of a, a summary of your thoughts. Was it a good one? It well, it wasn't a classic, but it was a, there was enough going on for me to stay, you know, entertained. Entertained by it, you know. Everybody finished a uh, couple of bits of carbon fiber here or there, but but yeah, it was alright. As Spanish Grand Prix go, there were things to discuss, and yeah, like you say, keep yourself entertained for the duration of the race. Okay, so before we go into the full race review, we are Everything F1. You can find us on our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com, where we update daily news articles from around the F1 and wider motorsport world. We would also love it if you'd hit the subscribe button on your favourite podcast streaming service to get all of your latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop. Now, we do two podcasts on a race week, and we do one every Tuesday slash Wednesday morning every other week as well. So we've got loads of content coming your way. We are also sponsored by theraceworks.com, and now they are a fantastic merchandise provider. They can ship their merchandise across the whole of the globe, taking you to the United States of America, to New Zealand and Australia, and getting you stuff delivered within a week. So it's a fantastic website. Go head over to it now. Get yourself some merchandise from all your favorite teams across the whole of the grid. And if you use the code EF1 at checkout, you will get 10% off your whole order. And they've got loads of sale items as well, so you'll get an even further 10% off by using the code EF1 at checkout too. Go ahead and check those out. Okay, so the Spanish Grand Prix. We can't go far into a review without saying it was an absolutely fantastic race weekend for Red Bull and Max Verstappen. He has now got 40 wins under his belt, which is just phenomenal for a person his age. Coops, what can you say about Red Bull? That you know, what superlatives can you say, and what kind of things? How can we discuss how good this guy is at the moment, and and how dominant that team is also? Oh, there's the, you, you run out. It's a bit superlatives. Uh, I'll say you, superlatives. That's the one. <laughs> you run out of things to say that are good for Red Bull and for Verstappen. Uh, mm-hmm. He is just the top of his game at the minute, and it's, it's you know I listened to a bit of the race while I was at work, just through BBC Radio, and when he was first into the first few corners, I kind of knew what was going to happen. So mm. I just went away and had to get on with doing my work. So I ignored the rest of the race and watched it and just finished it just before we came on. So yeah, there's not much more to say really. Yeah, just a fantastic week for him. He got the Grand Shalem. So that's obviously 
fastest in all free practice fastest in qualifying and of course fastest in the race as well the only se- section that he dropped was quali one wasn't it where he didn't get the fastest but that's still the grand chalem because he got the fastest fastest overall in qualifying so fantastic week untouchable that car red bull doesn't seem to be giving him the full power i think he's even got you know more speed and more power within him within the car if he does get tested by the other teams now it's kind of a tale of two halves actually which it has been for quite a few races this season for the red bull team because perez you know qualifying wasn't his best point but he did make up a few spaces throughout the race summarize perez's race weekend uh just generally not good enough mm. uh, he had a bit of a whoopsie like it was turn five and qualifying caught him out flung him across the grass into the gravel mm. uh, was it q2 he dropped out of was it i think it was 11th i think he got or something around there. yeah or 12th, I think it was Russell that was 11th and he was 12th, thereabouts. Mm. And when you see what Verstappen is doing with that car, but Perez should not be 12th, 11th, crashing out in Q1 in Monaco or whatever it is. So, you know, damage limitation, got himself fifth, got himself a handful of points, but he should be he should be second in that car. So anything other than second is a disappointment for Perez. I can only imagine what Helmut Marco will be saying this week, obviously after his comments about him. Last week, after the Monaco Grand Prix, he's going to probably have <laughs> further things to say. Is he going to be dusting off Daniel Ricciardo's cap for the seat for the remainder of the season at any point? Is he going to be threatening that anyway? No, I don't see how. I mean, Ricciardo in the, his recent form and the last time he was in a is in a race weekend mm. consistently. He, he's not better than Perez. Slightly sideways move, unless you've got. Another person coming up through the ranks, it's almost as good as Verstappen as a raw talent. Mm. Then you think, you know, maybe you fling him in to the Red Bull. But there isn't MD in the Red Bull ranks that you would look at or it's called MD's eye. I mean, they're decent, Mm. but they're not at the level of what Verstappen was when he appeared in the scene and, you know, rocked a few waves and uh, showed everybody what he was back then and what what his potential was. So... No, I mean, if they're going to put Ricardo in or they're going to ditch, I think Ricardo was tipped to go to Alpha Tauri, I think it would be silly. At mm. the moment, it's not to say that they might fling him in next season or the season after. I think he's got another year period. I think, from what I get, I remember, it's the end of 24. So, you know, if he's not staying close to Verstappen and maybe Aston Martin or even Mercedes, if they can continue their upward trend, and keep that consistent. If the constructors start to get a bit closer to other teams than it should, mm. potentially we might see something. But at the moment, I don't see why they would. I just I don't see how Red Bull could justify even Red Bull, who know how they who generally enjoy switching that switching their drivers. <laughs> so uh, I can't see how they could justify that if they did. Or we're going to do. Well, yeah, I don't think I don't think it's a it's an, an immediate concern really it's just kind of i have to play devil's advocate on this seat presenting a podcast let's talk about another team there because mercedes this weekend will be have been absolutely fantastic obviously not as good as red bull but from the position where they have been previously you know for the last year and a year and a quarter it's it's a good position for them to be in they seem to have got the upgrades working and doing what they want them to do obviously a little bit of a step away i mean they finished 24 seconds behind max mm-hmm. verstappen but they were second and third and you know george had to do some work to get up to third and he he seemed able to do 
the car it was within the car's capability for him to do it and obviously within his driving skill as well what did you make of mercedes this weekend pleasantly surprised they were as you said they, they were well hamilton was solid in in qualifying russell mm. just didn't quite hook it together ended up 12th not I can't remember offhand, but I'm I think Russell just couldn't quite get things fired up together. I'm not sure. I don't think there was anything major, you know, like a Leclerc issue with the car. I just don't think he got it together in qualifying. But to get it to second and third, and you know, Russell kind of hitting to the team that my car's fast enough. We should be looking forward instead of behind. And the person in front of him was his teammate. I think <laughs> Russell quite enjoys this, like having a conversation about getting in front of Hamilton, which is good. That's what you know, Russell's there to do. But yeah, I think they'll take some cautious optimism. They are still well behind the the the, the Red Bulls. And I think we had a comment on one of our socials where someone said that, you know, Red Bull aren't going to continue to win and Mercedes are here and we're going to drop points and things. They're like, oh, hey, can you We're not quite there yet, but I get what you're saying. They're, they're where they should be. And they're in a bit of the mix. So uh, at the best, Mercedes are, are in the position now, if this continues, where if something happens to Verstappen's car, if he makes a mistake, rare as that may be, they still can do that. Or if there's a reliability issue, they could then sneak a 1-2 or a 1-3 or get one of them could get a win, similar yeah. to the Red Bull situation last year. Uh, Red Bull to Brazil last year, sorry. So they're there. They're getting there. They're in the right trajectory. Uh and I think if it's now the turnaround, let's see what happens in like I think it's Canada next and Austria eh, in the next few weeks. Yeah. Eh, if they're consistently up in amongst three, four, two, maybe one. If they they could maybe sneak a wee pole if they get things hooked up together, you know. You can't discount Hamilton if he gets his bit between his teeth and everything just clicks. Mm-hmm. And you saw that this weekend with Norris jumping into third in a car that shouldn't be third. They just got everything in the window. So yeah, I think it's yeah for you. any of the Mercedes fans listening to this, watching this, or or uh, or watching the Grand Prix, will probably be cautiously optimistic. Uh, they're not going to they're not going to be point two of a second behind Verstappen in races if everything is smooth for Verstappen. They're just not because they'll turn it up. They're not using a hundred percent of their engine. Or their, Absolutely not. Their situation just now. So you know, there's still work to do. Still quite a lot of work to do, but they're there. So. Yeah, they were, and in the interviews after the race, they were very, you know, they're just very happy, you know, and both drivers congratulated the team and kind of said, you know, you've done a great job. You're doing brilliantly. Let's keep pushing because we've got a little bit more work to do or, or, well, it's probably a lot more work to do, but it's all, they're all positive moves and let's hope that it can continue. And I'm not saying we need a Mercedes, you know, championship win <laughs> all i'm saying is we need some competition for max to make it a bit interesting because he must have been you know falling asleep but perhaps that's why he was going over the lines a bit too much throughout the race not really realizing that he was there Ooh, turning it and getting <laughs> told actually ian usher in the comments there watching the video on facebook's just said that the way max is driving he could have the championship summed up summed up by summer break max could retire from the rest of the season and let danny drive the car and they can have a one two three in the driver's championship. <laughs> now, as much as that would be fun and watch the Mercedes fans' head blow up, <laughs> I'm not sure that's going to happen. I don't... If, if Max was there, if Max is going to keep winning, that's three in the bounce he's won now. And that's two in the, two races there. I can't remember the, the one of the other ones, but I know Monaco and this one where Perez, his closest rival, wasn't second. Hmm. Or even got points in Monaco. 
you know, it's not going to be that far away from the from the returning from the summer break that he'll have it wrapped up. So, well, he's fifty three you know, points clear of his teammate Sergio Perez. So that's a that's a couple of wins, isn't it? You know, a couple of wins yeah. and an extra an extra couple of points somewhere that that Perez has got to find. So he's bank he's got to bank on basically Max having some DNF somewhere and you know putting it into a wall or engine blow up or something like that just to just yeah. to even get close because even when Max isn't winning. He's going to be putting it in a consistently high position yep. uh, to to kind of negate any real losses of, of 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 the top spot of the podium. Well, let's let's move on. I, I need to correct you earlier. You said Perez was fifth, where he was actually fourth. So Good we'll go we'll go on. Yeah, you did. Sorry, okay. but, you know, Sorry. just 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 to make everything you know completely accurate for our fans listening. Who was fifth was Carlos Sainz in the Ferrari. And now, for me, Carlos Sainz is the number one Ferrari driver. He's more consistent. He keeps a cool head. I think Ferrari need to put more eggs in the Carlos Sainz basket than they do currently for the Charles Leclerc basket, if that makes sense. Hmm. Uh, because he doesn't seem to be getting the level of stress that Charles Leclerc does. He doesn't seem to kind of bow down to the pressure as much as Charles Leclerc does and, and make these silly errors. He has done in the past, but I'm just saying this season itself it just looks a bit more consistent a bit more level-headed a bit more in control of the car um even though the car not necessarily bringing the right updates to to help the team propel themselves forward what do you think i think if ferrari were going to move eggs from leclerc's basket to carlos Sainz's basket they'd find a way to drop them (laughs) Uh, i I still i struggle i'm struggling again this year to understand ferrari again it's just Fifth is not good enough, and I think I wrote in the notes for the podcast when I was researching just before we came on, you know, Carlos Sainz said he wasn't overly impressed. He could have doubled down on them, and they shouldn't really have brought the upgrades to this track because they know their weaknesses, and it's to do Mm. with a a high-degradation setup, which the high-deg tarmac at at the Spanish Grand Prix this weekend at Catalonia, and also fast corners. Now, Catalonia has a lot of fast corners. (laughs) And it's a high deg circuit. And they brought all these upgrades to it. So, and then again, during the race, they decided to put Leclerc on hards. Okay, they're going long. He started from the pit lane because they changed basically the rear end of the car because Leclerc wasn't happy with it and stuff. Mm. And that's why his qualifying performance was so poor. However, they pulled him in after 17 laps. Yeah. And then I was watching, I, 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 again, we're laughing. It's weird. I, I, maybe there's more will come out in the wash. Maybe we're missing something in regards to it. We must be. But then again, was it Leclerc? I saw a video of one of Ferrari drivers. I'm assuming it's Leclerc uh, going by the helmet design. And it was radio conversation, you know, coming in. We're boxing for hards. He said soft. And they went, okay, copy that. Box, box. We're going for hards. <laughs> Sorry, okay. It's again, they're a conundrum that it's bizarre. I don't understand it. They're changing the philosophy, they're moving away. To be honest, now looking at them this year, I think they accidentally designed a car that was fast and they don't think they realized or worked out how it is fast. <laughs> you know, I think they're like, oh, oh, it's fast. Like, how did that happen? I don't know. <laughs> you know, and they're just not quite sure how to do it or how it works, or is it too peaky? You know, maybe it is a fast car, but getting into that window is just such a small window that it very rarely happens. Mm. And then when they do get it in that window, Leclerc makes a mistake and bends it in the wall anyway, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> so, yeah, 
it, it wasn't good. Leclerc again had no confidence in the car even after they decided to re, to change the full rear end of it for anyone who didn't know or hadn't caught qualifying. Where were you? But anyway, he came out. He, he didn't qualify well at all, and it was basically the rear end of the car was not behaving well at all. Mm. And they changed the full rear end, so they broke the curfew. Uh, the park Fermi broke the curfew. I think they broke the curfew, but park Fermi anyway. Couldn't find anything that stood out as to why it wasn't behaving right. Sent all of that stuff back to Maranello for analysis and just put the new stuff on anyway. But it didn't make any difference. Mm. Leclerc languished at the bottom half of the table for most of the race. So, I don't know. Yeah, just not a great weekend. And apologies to all of all of our Ferrari followers. But... It, when are they going to get it right? You, you, I'm sure you're you're probably asking those questions yourself. You know, you're, you're probably just in dismay after every race weekend at the moment. But it's going to take something, I think, a bit of a mix up before we see a Ferrari back at the front. And in fact, we've got other teams that, that are chomping at the bit a bit more than the Scuderia. They really need to kind of go away and kind of look, take a real deep look at themselves and take some accountability and, and and just focus on on getting that car up front because it's just not working. Whatever they're doing. They need to change their style, do something different. It's not working. But what it, who it is working for, but it hasn't worked for this weekend, was Aston Martin. Uh, Alonso was hoping to be his 33rd race win. We had all these stats coming out before the race, didn't we? 33rd race would be his 33rd race win. He was in garage number 33. He's done blah, blah, blah. You know, there were lots of ways to work out the, the number 33, and that was going to be his good luck, good luck open, omen for the weekend, which sadly just was not the case. Qualifying, was he qualified in eighth or something like that? Was It, yeah, it was, it was uh, low down compared yeah. to where he was expecting. And then obviously throughout the race, you know, he he kind of was overtaken. There was a few good battles that he was in, actually. A few good overtakes and whatnot, especially with his ex-teammate, Esteban Ocon. There was a bit mm. of a bit of a cheeky move on Esteban, maybe double moving and trying to, to, to put him into a wall, what it, what it looked like at one point. Yeah. But Alonso still got around and was able to overtake it. So there's no love lost between those two. But, you know, he, he had an okay race and he, he did a, the gentlemanly thing and he let his teammates stay in front of him towards the end, saying, "You know, if you tell the if the you get to the team to tell to to tell Stroll, sorry, I won't attempt to overtake him," which was a nice thing to do, especially at his home race. Probably would have you know liked an extra position further up the the standings. Yes, yeah. They, I mean, look at how far Aston Martin have come when we say that sixth and seventh was disappointing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Last year, if they got like fifteenth and eighteenth, you were like, "Oh, look at that! They're not last." <laughs> so, it, it's, it was a good weekend for Stroll. He outqualified Alonso, which I don't think he's done this season, and then he finished in front of him. It quite like on with it. First lap or two, he passed Hamilton. It was a pretty decent move. There was a couple of really good moves actually. Uh, yeah. A couple of couple of late ones, and I can't remember the full saying that Martin Brundle used to do. Is it what a minute late and a dollar short or something along those lines? I can't remember the full saying. A couple of them that were a wee bit. Ooh, which we'll touch on when we get to the teams. But yeah, you know, it was Alonso just, he made a mistake early in qualifying, which damaged the car, put him down in eighth, or I think it was eighth, probably. I think he got seventh by the time Gasly get punted out the road for his uh, penalties and infractions. So, but yeah, it didn't really progress further, which mm. is a bit of a surprise, but not quite, a, you know, it's not a panic station for them at the minute. They're way ahead of where they should be. They're still comfortably in third. The Alpines are slowly getting closer to them. Uh, and I think the last to check before this race weekend, uh, last weekend after Monaco, 
Alonso was only 12 or 13 points behind Perez in second in the championship. So I might be wrong, but it isn't that, it isn't as big as gap as you think it is between Perez and Alonso, uh, mm. how consistent he is at the minute. So, yeah, I mean, they did the best they could. Alonso telling the team he won't pass. That's that's two. That's that's Alonso playing the mind games. One, he sounds like he's being a good team player. But secondly, he's just saying to them, I could pass him. Yeah. I'm not going to. Because <laughs> uh, this is Alonso we're talking about. We just uh, had a comment actually in the live feed on Facebook saying, disappointed in Alonso. To win a World Drivers' Championship, you have to be ruthless. Not attacking Stroll proves he is not ruthless anymore. I don't know that I agree with that because no. I, I think it's quite clear that he could have overtaken. Thank you very much for the comment, Marino. I really appreciate you obviously engaging with us on Facebook. Fantastic for having new names a feature in our comments. But I don't know that I necessarily agree with you in that state, a statement there. I do think that Alonso would have overtaken had it have really benefited him today. Obviously, you, you would have got an extra couple of points. But in the long in the long term, I think you know if if it came down to a position where he needed those points for the championship. I don't, let's be honest, he's probably not going to win this World Drivers' Championship, even if he did, you know, overtake Stroll today and and kind of be more consistent. Max Verstappen is just way too far off in the distance. So it's just, you know, I think he was just being a bit of a gentleman in this instance. But if, if points meant that he could win the championship, he absolutely would have taken him in a heartbeat without even a second second of thinking in my mind. No, no, you're right. I mean, if Verstappen and Alonso were trading wins and they had a couple of wins each and he was yeah. just having an off weekend, he doesn't care who's in front of him. He's taking it and he'll be telling the team that, you know. Uh, but Alonso at the AGS now and the kind of pleasantly or pleasant season he's having or pleasantly surprised and how well the season's going, mm. he's not going to dive down the inside of his teammate, especially Stroll for what, two or three extra points when they're comfortably six and seven. Yeah. You know, there's no way, like they're, they're comfortably where they are at the minute and the chat and the constructors, it, it's not going to, he's not going to win it. The two or three points isn't going to lose him a position in the driver's championship really mm. in the grand scheme of what he's fighting for. So Stroll's not a challenge to him in terms of that. So, like, he, I, I want to pose another question. I want to pose a, a, another, I want to be play devil's advocate here. Are we seeing now the Aston Martin slowly drop back because Aston Martin Aston Martin aren't great at developing their cars? They've built a great car to start the season, but this is where you know other teams are going to overtake them, such as the Mercedes, which has you know going on today's results only, of course, overtaken them. Looking at the Alpine getting closer um, to the front as they develop their car. Are Aston able to keep up that development to keep ahead of those? Or are we seeing the kind of wheels come off a little bit as they go uh, throughout the season, through through all these races and the new upgrades from uh, across the grid? Maybe. But <laughs> the, I mean, the Aston Martin started in such a high base. You know, the, the, the base level for Aston Martin was a lot higher than, like, you know, Mercedes, McLaren, Alpine, which are the teams that should be there in Ferrari to a point. Mm. Uh, so you know they they don't they're not going to develop further forward than the other teams are because they've not got as much forward to go if you understand what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. So you know it might look a bit like that. And then let's face it, nobody really expected Aston Martin to make such a jump. I think early on in the season they were like two seconds faster than the same time last year compared to other teams and their comparisons as well. So 
it's a big jump and they've obviously found something. And with any team, it's not it's not going to be plain sailing. There are going to be teams that are going to unlock some things. And, you know, at the minute, I think the Spanish weekend just didn't work for them. It didn't quite click whether or not well, it'll come out in the wash at some point. I would imagine whether they just didn't quite get the setup properly for, for Alonso to be there. Or maybe they just, the car didn't suit that track. You know, when Mercedes were dominant, there was at least one or two tracks a season that Mercedes knew they weren't going to be great at. I think Austria one year when it was really high temperatures, they were like, we are not going anywhere near the front because we our, our car runs hot and they had mm. to have extra coals in the side pods and stuff, and they weren't. So, you know, that's a bit of a trade-off. You can't build a car now for every single type of track. You've got to sometimes say, right, these types of track are going to suit us. There are only a couple of them a year. We just deal with that, and the other ones we'll deal with. We can work around. So, you know, yeah, I don't think the wheels are necessarily off. But I think other teams are going to get closer, and that's just because of the development, I think. Okay, well, let's talk about our not-so-secret fandom, McLaren, this weekend. I know, I know. Absolute heartache for McLaren fans. Lando Norris getting third place in qualifying. Had an absolutely fantastic day. I think it all just fell in into correct into the correct kind of spot for him to get that. You know, it just fell nicely for him for qualifying. But today, during the race... He just couldn't catch a break. Obviously, overtaken early on by Lewis Hamilton. Yes. And then, then obviously, when when he tried to come back and, and take that position back, went into the rear, losing his front wing, potentially damaging other parts of the car, which meant he had to pit stop very, very early on. And the pit stop just felt like it was an agonisingly long pit stop. Obviously, I know it's always longer when you have to change the front wing, but it just felt like, you know, come on, as a McLaren fan, I was like, no, no, this is, we're losing, we're losing this, this race, we're losing this third place, you know, we'll, and he couldn't have gone worse because he was languishing at the back for, in position 20 for absolutely ages, it seemed. Yeah, it was, it's unfortunate, I mean, but to be fair, McLaren did say, look, the car got in that window, the car got thumped because it was perfectly in the window, you know, mm. the, the track was cool, it was the right temperature for the car, everything worked. They fired it into third, and they were playing it down. I mean, they talked about points and podiums in the, in the after, after qualifying to Norris. Norris went, hold oh, no, on, I'll be looking in my mirrors. Mm. Uh, so I think they were aiming to get points, effectively. Uh, during the race, actually, Martin Brundle did say that Piastri, if he hadn't made the similar mistake to what Alonso did that he's qualifying, his, his you know qualifying lap would have been a lot better so there was pace in that car because and i think it was the perfect storm everything just clicked into place for them and mm. the car just ran it was the optimum kind of environment in a uh, group of condition uh norris yeah he ruined his own race that was that was a, it was a silly error for someone who has undoubtedly has a good amount of talent and is a good racing driver and you just didn't see or didn't react quick enough to the kind of concertina effect coming into turn three, coming out mm. of turn two into turn three. Hamilton slowed because the cars in front slowed just because of the way that works with the group of cars together. Excuse me, he didn't register it. And, you know, Bob Chirante smacks his wing off, it gets cut in the suspension, and then it's a 30-second pit stop. Mm. And your, your day's done, that's it. Uh, he ended up moving <laughs> up. <laughs> exactly. Uh, he ended up going from the... Lofty Heights are third to 20th and then finished 17th. So, mm. yeah, not a good way to sign off that gorgeous triple crown livery, which I didn't like to start off with, but the more I see it, the more I'm like that. 
Uh, yeah, they've they've said goodbye on on socials to the livery, but then they hinted that it might appear or something similar might appear towards the end of the season. So I'm happy about that. It should be a good so, good to see. I've enjoyed I've enjoyed else, seeing yeah. it. They'll I've do something else. Yeah, probably Singapore, Japan, which they done last year, another special livery, which wasn't the nicest to be honest uh, <laughs> last year. But yeah, but we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Piastri, if we go to the other side of the garage, that was a good race for him. He had a solid race. He, he flung in some decent overtakes. Yeah, some really good uh, moves. Some good moves. They were very well-behaved overtake. Maybe one, which we'll get to. But, you know, for Piastri, again, a bit like the Stroll situation, a very good confidence-boosting race for him. He's kind of pushed ahead of the other two rookies in terms of performance, even in a car that's underperforming isn't that good. Mm. Let's, let's face it the Williams and the, the Alpha Tauri isn't exactly great either <laughs> so you kind of got to base them on their own merits but yeah it was it was good good to see Piastri up there flinging it about and you know just needs a couple more runs now Austria Canada where he can just keep his confidence just quietly get on with it and you know build from there excellent what other teams should we talk about we've got to talk about Alpine we, we mentioned them a little bit Con was very aggressive in his defense of that position from Alonso. I think it was probably, if it was any other person trying to overtake him at that point, I think he probably would have let him by a little bit, a little bit easier, but because it was his old teammate uh, and there's kind of a bit of bad blood between them, I think he probably was a bit overly aggressive, but he got his single point for that. Was it a single point? Yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. He was too. Yeah, he was tenth, so he got a single point. I'm sorry, I'm looking, I'm looking at the notes and trying to read at the same time. So yeah, he got his single point for for his race, and the teammate did had a solid but unspectacular race. You put in the notes yeah. and came, but came eighth. Yeah. Go on, did talk you... about talk about them. What 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 can we say about them? The, the Alpine, the Alpines, they, they built on a decent Monaco run, and I say decent, the fact that Alpine got on the podium, mm. and they're, they're there. They're, they're, are they well? They could get closer to Aston Martin, get closer to Ferrari. I mean, Ferrari's doing everybody a favour at the minute. Uh, Sorry, we got that wrong. The wrong way around. Eighth was was Ocon, and tenth was Gasly. We, we got on the wrong way around, but that's fine. Uh, uh, just just thought I'd I correct did, this I, again. I, 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 did, I did get confused there because I'm like Ocon was in front of him, but uh, yeah, I don't I don't have the notes in front of me unfortunately, so I can't check that. Uh, Ocon was getting back to his old ways. I mean. Ocon having a teammate that he doesn't like. Oh my God, that's never happened before. <laughs> uh, just about every teammate he has eventually doesn't like him. But yeah, that, that was that was silly. I don't ask the Aston Martin had far more pace than he did. There's no need to do that. It was a very late, you know, kind of block, which was never going to work out. It was either he's going to get passed anyway, or the two of them were heading straight to a pretty decent accident. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, that was a bit silly from Ocon, and it's just going back to the reason why I'm not a fan. So you were you were turning earlier in last late last I, year. I was getting a bit more respectful because he was quietly doing his thing. He wasn't being Ocon, which is <laughs> fine. But that just reminds everybody, you know, the old the old kind of thing, you know, the kind of metaphor for that is when you talk to someone, you're like, I don't like you, but you're being decent, and then. They just say something, you're like, ah, that's why I don't like you. And that's just exactly what Ocon did there. But that's why I don't like you. Uh, So, yeah, the Alpines, they're they're slowly getting it right. They've got a few upgrades, which looked good in Monaco. They got their third place. Uh, uh, So, yeah, I'm sure they'll be in amongst it, battling for fourth, but they need to do a wee bit more to get in front of Aston. But, you know, going in the right direction, at least. And then moving on to Alpha Tauri, good solid race for Nick, the kind of race that he needed, but he was still 14th, so it wasn't very 
high and he certainly wasn't in the points but is that to be expected in that car at the moment because it's not the the best car on the track by a long stretch and then 12th for Yuki Tsunoda he had a bit of an interesting race and he had a, a bit of a to-do well a battle between Hulkenberg and Joe during the race and then obviously pushed Joe off the track or at least Joe thought that he pushed him off the track as well so and he was get, getting stuck in there he was getting stuck in there which doesn't happen very much with the Alpha Tauri. And the reason I say it was a decent race for De Vries, we didn't hear much from him. Mm. He wasn't really on the screens with his wheel pointing the wrong way, or you know, he was just quietly doing what he needed to do, and he did his job. And you know, with the recent the season that De Vries has had so far, it's kind of the only thing we need to expect from him, to be honest. Mm. Just quietly do it. That Alpha Tauri is not a good car, uh, so yeah. Unless there's shenanigans or something really falls together, the fact they're not going to get in the points. Well, the free isn't to know them, maybe because he was just in the point. I think he was tenth, and then he lost. He got a five second penalty for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the move on, Joe pushing him wide, which was it's on, it's on the line. Uh, but I think it was fair. Just a wee bit too hard. You need to give him a bit of space. Uh, Joe was alongside, so there needs to be space. And, you know, if Sonoda had used his head, give him the space, you know, during the, during the left hand, they're into turn two. And then when you go into turn three, you've got the inside line, keep going, and it's another right hander again. So, you know, plan it a few, a few corners ahead, but I think he got a wee bit too overexcited. So, yeah, but it was, in, there were some good moves, some good battles between Joe and Hulkenberg and the Haas, and eventually just kind of settled itself out as, as the race went on. On the comments, Alpha Tauri from Marino Dre uh, has asked, is De Vries's feet safe? Well, <laughs> <laughs> interesting, because it looks as though the doctor, Helmut Marco, has cooled or he's like of De Vries just as quickly as he liked him last year, <laughs> which are we surprised? Mm-hmm. Uh, so at the minute, I wouldn't be surprised if they confirmed them for another year, because let's face it, they confirmed Sonoda for another year and he wasn't having a very good season when they confirmed him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but also, I wouldn't be surprised if they canned him. He's kind of on that line at the minute, where if he goes, well, I don't know, fair enough. If he stays, all right, fair enough. Uh, so, you know, I think by the summer break, potentially I'd have a bit more of a less Swiss opinion. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, what about you? Yeah, I don't think they'll get rid of him straight away. I think, you know, there might be whispers of it around the summer break. But you know what? I don't think there's anyone kind of ready to go into that seat. I mean, unless you're talking about Daniel Ricciardo, but I don't think they'll I don't think they'll bring him in this year. I don't think there's anyone ready to step into that car. There's lots of people in, you know, in F2 that they've got kind of ready and waiting, but they've got their own seasons to run. And, you know, they, they probably want to get those finished and, and kind of let them graduate properly, properly up into the, the junior Red Bull team. But yeah, I, I, I can see him seeing out the rest of the season for definite. As for next year, phew, who knows? Who oh. knows? <laughs> That's yeah. a sticky finger in the air type of guess that I, I I can't make at this point because, you know, Red Bull and Alva Tauri, they're just so tricky when it comes to, to, to placing their drivers and keeping uh, their drivers. One thing I will say, though, is I don't think this question is such a big question if Ricardo hadn't re-signed for Red Bull. Mm. I think it's more of a, you know, De Vries isn't doing what we think he's doing there for Ricardo, but if it was, you know... I don't know. Uh, Iwasa that was the reserve driver, I don't think they'd be going, 
all look how bad the freeze is, you know, mm. should Awasa get in? You know, I don't think there's quite the same level. I think the, the Ricardo thing is has pushed that up a notch and also didn't help. Ricardo was getting a seat fitting in Alpha Tauri not that long ago. But they what they could played. do is that they could give Ricardo a, a Friday session, give him, give him a free practice, you know, free practice one, put the pressure on Nick DeVries that way and then kind of see actually... Ricardo is getting better times out of the car, so we will give him a swap. But I don't think it'll be a straight swap. I think they'll definitely test the waters before just just saying, you know what, Nick, you've you've had your you've had your chance. Out you go. In comes Danny Rick. Yeah. So if, if we start seeing Danny Rick on Friday free practice ones, then then maybe it might be time. But until then, I don't think I don't think they'll swap him out. I think it'll be no. you know, although it might be a painful end to the season, I think it'll be the season that they see out with Fatari. There isn't really loads more to talk about with all the other teams. Obviously, that battle between the three teams that you just mentioned, Coops, was absolutely fantastic. So between it was a Hulkenberg show and Tsunoda. Yep. It was just really interesting for quite a few corners, for quite a few laps. They were kind of at each other and it was going back and forth. Just just some nice racing, even from the back markers. It was. It was some very decent, almost gentlemanly. <laughs> racing. I mean, there was no carbon fibre anywhere. Nobody got plunted into the gut into the gravel. And so it was decent. They were having decent scraps, and you know, there's yes, they're fighting for 14, 30, 12, whatever. They're not getting points, but they're racers. You know, they want to battle. They want to race. They want to take the bragging rights back to their garage. So you know, it was nice to see. You know, the layout helped to keep things close together. With that, she can't not be near anymore. It kept them closer together, especially getting into the first corner. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was decent. It kind of all shook out where I think it probably deserved to shake out. Uh, interestingly, though, like I don't know what's going on with Bottas at the minute, but he's not having a good one at all. You know, so, uh, Joe was having a really a decent race in terms of the Alpha Romeo and how they're driving. Mm. But I think he was second last, I'm sure, if I remember right. Uh, yeah. And what was that whole? Oh yeah, I'll hold him up thing. That was a bit a bit mad yeah. from Bottas. That was Bottas, um, wasn't it? I think so, because I do remember Martin Brundle going, I think the FIA would quite like to hear that message. <laughs> it's an interesting message to put on the airways for the FIA, so, you know, maybe there'll be a couple of conversations. I haven't seen anything online to say the FIA have, uh, you know, or the stewards have wanted to have a discussion in regards to it. But, yeah, and interestingly, while I was doing the notes again for this, I couldn't see anything from Bottas or anything to say that was an issue. And I didn't hear anything during the broadcast from like from you know the sky coverage to say that he's he had an issue. Like maybe the setup was wrong, maybe again, mm. like we talk about the McLarens, they just weren't quite in the window. Maybe the Alpha Tower Alpha Romeo, sorry, is a bit more peaky and it's not quite got the window. But then Joe seemed to be having a decent race for in Alpha Romeo standards, you know, he was battling. But then you had the uh, you had them sitting down in a pretty lofty second last, just ahead of Logan Sargent, which is not really something you want to talk about. Mm. Yeah, and Logan Sargent was where he has always been this season. That's dead last if he finishes. So, yeah, he, was, he took the 20th position. It's not impressing this season. And Williams, you know, need to do something with him to kind of encourage him to, to get up the grid a little bit because he's just not impressing at the moment, is he? He's not, and again, it's that cast thing. We know that again. It's similar to the Alfa Romeo, Alfa Tauri situation. The car's not great. However, you know he's he's quite a few tents behind his teammate. And yeah. yes, his teammate Albon's been around, but you know I think you know Williams are probably expecting a wee bit more from him. 
not much more, but just a wee bit more from them, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, <laughs> I think we've touched on most things from the race. Is there, are there anything that, that we haven't mentioned that we need to kind of to touch on? I think we've probably covered it all. Uh, no, but I think we covered it. You know, Carlos Sainz said that he wasn't too happy with Ferrari bringing the upgrades to Spain. Mm-hmm. Yuki Tsunoda got a five-second time penalty for his move on Grand Dujol. Uh, not would not give them the space, and I think he's came out and had a bit of a rant about it. But okay, Yuki Tsunoda having a rant, never heard that before. It's enjoyable, uh, an enjoyable is, rant, probably. Uh, it is enjoyable for us. Maybe not his engineers when we hear it. What I'm going to say, you know, <laughs> headphones that he hear it. done yet? Uh, uh, and I don't think there's much else. Yeah, we touched with the Ocon thing. Yeah, we've kind of covered the main talking points. There wasn't too much fallout from the race. Everything kind of the. The penalty for Sonoda was handed out early enough. It didn't really affect him too much. Well, it affected him enough that he lost the point, but, you know, it wasn't a big change in the, the running order. Mm. And I'm sure over the next day or two, we might hear a wee bit more over in regards to some people's performances not being quite where it is and things like that. But, yeah, that's about that. Was that, yeah. I don't think there was much else happening, really. No, but would, let's let's rate the Spanish Grand Prix out of 10. 10 being absolutely fantastic, one being France 2019. Oh, good <laughs> uh, uh, I'm going about six and a half, middle of the road. You're going, that's quite high, I think. I, 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 uh, okay, well, okay, no. six, six, just I don't <laughs> particularly like halves, I don't know why I said halves, they annoy me, six, we'll go six. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to go, at, I'm going to go to five, it was it was an entertaining race for a Spanish Grand Prix. There was stuff to talk about, and but I don't think it was anything spectacular. I, let's let's talk about the chicane. Obviously, the chicane was brought out, and it has meant that we would, we have some overtaking this this race. So that's a positive. I, for me, I think this track layout is a better layout. Do you think that, Coops? Yeah, that last chicane was just really clumsy. Just even to watch, and then uh, when I used to play the Formula One game, I was like couple of years ago I haven't really I haven't got into it since the new regulations but I used to that chicane just even playing it in a game which is totally different it just felt really clumsy and it wasn't particularly enjoyable and yeah it was good you know it it just seen the cars come into the I didn't think it was going to do too much for the actual running order or change in the race but it, it did help it looked good it helps with the spectacle a wee bit better and yeah I don't want them to go back to bringing the chicane in I don't think they will. I think they're quite happy with it. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it was historically that way. They they changed it, obviously, because cars were getting too quick for it. That was the last time. So 2007 was when they brought it in. Mm-hmm. So. Mar- Interestingly, Marino has given this score of eight for the race in the comments for Barcelona. And he's saying it was much better than Monaco. So if you're using Monaco as your baseline, then yeah, maybe it was more interesting. Although I quite liked Monaco, actually, this Monaco year. Was okay. I, I thought Monaco was a good race this year. Yeah, it was fun. I mean, so, there's still no, no past in it, even with the wet weather. But yeah, it was all right. It was uh, interesting for strategic and all those sorts of things. I, I, I think I preferred Monaco over this, this Barcelona weekend. I just th- thought it was an average race week. It wasn't spectacular. It wasn't forgettable. It was just, you know, yeah, good race. Yeah, that sort of thing. That's yeah, that. That's how I would summarize it. It was a good yeah. race. It was. There was enough to keep me entertained, but it wasn't exciting. If you know mm. what I mean. We'll digest this a little more, and we'll have another podcast on Tuesday. Oh, just quickly, there's a, a thing here that it looks as if Hamilton has said that it could be very close to making a decision on his contract. 
Yes, he, they, they said this just before the race, didn't they? They said, you know, they're sitting down tomorrow where they're going to tr- discuss his contract. He, I, in my mind, he's signed that contract already, you know, mentally anyway. And it's just about getting crossing the T's and dotting the I's, how many years he's going to be there. You know, I, I can't I can't see him going anywhere else. I can't see him quitting. I can't see him leaving, especially as the car's getting faster. What do you think? I think he'll I think he'll sign a year plus one. I think it'll be or maybe go away a two, but there'll be an out that an won't be announced, if you know what I mean. I think he'll give them one more year to say, look, I'm not fighting for fifth and fourth and thirds. You need to give me a car next year. And yeah, as you say, second and third this weekend, you've got Canada and Austria coming up. Two tracks I quite enjoy, actually. So, you know, if they're there or thereabouts, it might make the decisions a bit easier. But I I don't think anybody is actually would actually think that he was going to go anywhere else. I think I, I would be... I would still be relatively surprised, even though I've thought he's closer to retiring than you are thinking. I'd still be quite surprised that if he did do it, but all right, you kind of said you'll stay for a few more years and you're going. So, uh, yeah, I reckon uh, it's going to be a, th- a three-year deal. I think he's going to. I think he's going to sign plus a. Two, it might be a two plus one. Whatever. It, it's going to be a three-year deal, I reckon, and see it out till 2026. You know, when they get those new regs in as well. So um, that'll be he'll be what forty one by then. It'll be he'll a lot. Yeah, he'll be Alonso's age. So I think he's got plenty of time left, and then I think he'll probably do something else as well. But you know, I I think he's going to be around for a lot longer than you do. Okay, well, thank you very much for everyone to who tuned in today on the live broadcast of this podcast. We really appreciate your comments and your interactions with us. We are Everything F1. You can find us on all our social platforms. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. You can also find us on our website, www.everythingf1.com, where we update news articles on a daily basis, giving you all the latest from around the F1 paddock and the wider motorsport world. We would love it if you'd hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast streaming service so you can get all of our latest podcasts in your earlobes as soon as they drop and also visit our sponsor theraceworks.com if you want any merchandise from your favorite f1 teams they're absolutely fantastic they'll deliver across the whole entire world and they can pretty much get it to america in, within a week to australia within about it's about seven to eight days i think they told me they can get, get it across to australia and the same for new zealand so you, giving you those kind of time frames is absolutely a fantastic place to go and if you use the code ef1 that's EF1 at checkout. You'll also get 10% off the whole site. So that's including all the sale items that they've got put up recently over the last few days as well. So you get an additional 10% off. You're not going to get your official F1 merchandise any cheaper anywhere else. Thank you very much. I've been James Tiller. My colleague has been Coops. Thank you very much for joining me today, Coops. Thank you. We will see you on Tuesday slash Wednesday morning with our latest podcast summarising the news that's happened since the fallout of the Spanish Grand Prix. Thank you very much, everyone. See you soon. Bye-bye. Bye.